0: Search, each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering, numero uno. Welcome BBCers to episode number 187 of the Broken By Concept podcast, the number one solo educational and motivational podcast. Curtis, it feels like it's we've been away for a while to our regular British broadcasting scheduling. Yep. We've, you know, done, you know, the Jono episode, we did our case study. So we're back to the the fundamentals, the foundations of this podcast. We've neglected our community a
1: little bit. We haven't
0: done the mailbag for a while. The mailbag stacks up quickly. So what we're going to do here, guys, we're going to do a full Nathan's mailbag episode. We like to do these every couple of months or so, you know, just to clear it out a little bit. And as I said, this podcast is all about the community. If we are... This podcast wouldn't exist if we didn't need to help people, right? Let's say the league community was perfect, Curtis. Everyone had pros. we had to have no job. <laughs> That's right. We'll <laughs> be out of a job. Uh, and then we pack it in. And maybe, maybe we'll get to that after but, a thousand episodes. But what I
1: like about the mailbag is that it keeps us in touch about what the average person's experience is. You know, less so people that are in our program. Because a lot of people writing in aren't in our program. Play so different roles. Play different roles. And it gives us a really good thorough look into what the community,
0: where they're at where the heads at we like to get just like we talk about getting dirty messy in the details we like to get involved with the community get dirty is the reality this is the reality nathan let's kick it off all right first question here comes from dave the title of this email is league is really hard from an ex highest mmr Oce dota player interesting title Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast lately and I was so surprised how much everything you guys are saying resonated with me Let me start off with my relevant gaming background I started playing Warcraft 3 Dota 1 when I was probably 12 years old At a certain point around 1516 I got into Dota 2 A bit after the final beta keys were sent out I think I was awful at the game, really awful but I somehow made a lot of friends with people in the IDL, in-house Dota League, which was the premium league at the time. Players like Black Shatan went to the first international, and then later on players like Slicks, Hon Legend, when I moved on to Dota 2. I played a lot of normals with them before Ranked was even released. And by the time Ranked came out, maybe a year or two later, I started off at 5k MMR, considered really high at the time. I loved the game, played all day, and eventually a few years later, I was top 100 C leaderboards, I think that's Southeast Asia, and the rank 1 O's player. Um, I used to play on teams with players like Arna, 3 times TI winner, and KPII, Kippy. I got bored of the game and moved on to other games. I got to Masters in 3 masters master 3 in starcraft 2 not very competitive on the oceanic server and immortal one in valorant i got to all these ranks probably within a year of playing now i'm 26 and i'm a full-time fire protection engineer but i've had League of legends as my main game for over two years now and i'm hard stuck low diamond high emerald league is by far the hardest game Dota has a lot of simplifications, items like BKB, which allow you to play the map for free with almost no chance of dying in a lot of situations. Think of it like simplification in chess where you trade pieces to make the game easier. League just gets harder and harder as the game goes on. Um, there's so much to unpack, actually, if you guys came for a little call. So he said he actually wanted to talk to us. Right. Well, that's
1: actually a really interesting take because, I mean, look, We've both dabbled very, very roughly in Dota 2. I think you played a bit more than I did. I probably played a little bit more than you. And and, and that's an interesting way of viewing Dota 2. Like, so I'm, I'm going to caveat, make it very, very obvious and clear that I'm not an expert in Dota 2. So take whatever I say here with a pinch of salt. But from my limited experiences playing the game, I, you know, I did feel that in a way. I, I did feel it was harder to die. And I did feel the items gave you a little bit more breathing room and... It's interesting because I think in Dota, the longer the games go, the harder it is to die. In the early game I, I from, from from the way again, my noob experience with Dota, it felt it did definitely feel harder to die, even in especially in the mid game. But Um, In League, the longer the game goes on, in a way, the the easier it is to Mm. die, I would Mm. say, you know, because of the amount of burst damage in the game and everything. Cooldowns are low. Cooldowns are very low. And now, again, that is a very general oversimplification. And there's probably arguments to be made that that's not the case, right? Especially if you're playing a tank in League, right? But in saying that, especially with the game in its current state right now, there's a lot of damage. And I think that if you're out of position once, boom, you get caught, you get insta picked. Um, So that's an interesting. I guess uh argument that I haven't really heard before from a dota player um now what really stands out to me from this email is that he was immortal in Valorant, high rated in obviously in Dota, high rated in starcraft was it not another game or were they, were they that were that was their games and he said league is the hardest um we've heard this before from another I think we did a um some sort of what was it like a not a case study I think we we read a tweet from a player who got challenger in TFT. yeah that D. was that rohan god guy yeah yeah tft he got uh, he got
0: challenger the highest rank in every single It was a game. card
1: yeah all the riot games Valorant, yeah. and he said league was the hardest as well that's the i think the only one that i can kind of think of off the top of my head that's similar to this um and it kind of gets you thinking he's if this sort of player this sort of sophisticated gaming background is plateauing in low diamond and high emerald just goes to show in, in, and again from OS, again we're talking in Ours as well just goes to show how difficult the game really is and how di- how
0: out of touch of reality the high elo community is in League yeah that's why I picked this email because I wanted to of demo it's not a sort of like oh our game's the best our no. game's the hardest right this you know people might think Dota's awesome that's awesome you know play that we love League it's about understanding the journey and not getting tricked by these high elo players that are saying ah mm. oh, you know League's easy and stuff. Like, it is the hardest game in the world for lots of reasons, though, as well. Not just the so much the actual specifics of the game. Like, there's more people that are playing leagues. You're competing against more people. It's a global game. Some of the games are more popular in other regions, you know, like... Dota's so more popular in Southeast Asia, isn't that's it? That's right. Exactly right. Like, and let's say Counter-Strike and stuff is more, like, in Europe mm. and stuff like that. um You've got the infrastructure. Like, there's been a lot of people, like this like, coaching in, in League is sort of the biggest game that coaching is really widely accepted more so, even though it's still not that accepted. And still. educational content. Educational content. Well. There is so much yeah. out there for League, right? Full business is built up. You know, you got like the huge ones, like skill captain, all that sort of stuff. And they,
1: look, and again, we're not saying that they, they don't exist in other games. They definitely exist in Valorant. You're seeing a lot of educational nowadays content in Valorant and even uh, the fighting games like Street Fighter and Tekken and all that. There's a lot of educational content there as well. But, I think also what really makes League such a brutal game is how quickly it changes. Dota, you know, and a lot of these other games, and FPSs, they just don't change as often. From, from again, I, again I'm not super in touch, but from my experience with playing the game, they're not updated, especially the Blizzard games especially as well. They're just not updated as much. And so League is... You, uh, again, I want to say, say a personal story. I went to China for like 10 days. I came back, I couldn't even... I felt completely... Like it was like a different game. I, even though it's just ten days, and that's someone who's played played the game for their body for their living, right? Yeah. Um, it moves quick, and it will move without you. And um, and imagine you know someone that isn't used to that sort of fast paced a- a- adapting. They they maybe take a few months off, come back. Wow, Grubs. What the hell is this Grubs thing? Oh, game game pace has changed. Oh shit, what the hell is? It's a completely different game every single year
0: that's what Jono got so excited about Jono about the game yeah. of League from our last episode as yeah. well so I think that was cool to touch on maybe we should actually reach out to this mm. guy on Discord I'll send mm. an email back but uh, it'll be interesting to see his learning journey what's mm. he struggling specifically uh, What has he found more difficult than um, mm. than the other games that he's played yeah, what's he blade? actually struggling with alright our next question here comes from Dalton the title of this email is getting back into things regaining passion uh hey nathan and curtis my name is dalton i took a break from the game around 2023 season and due to personal issues i'm just now starting to get back into the groove of things During research about all of the champs and patch notes i know i still have some connection with the game as i do still feel competitive draw with it i want to get back into the right way and with the same kind of fire that i had a year prior what would you guys recommend fire passion mm
1: you got to be honest with yourself. What do you find fun with the game? Everyone's different. I had uh, someone in my program the other day say, Curtis, when I get mastery on a champion, I don't feel like I'm having fun anymore. Like what he gets fun from the game is the actual process of developing mastery on a champion, learning the intricacies and learning and developing mastery with a champion. He gets to that 80 game mark. And he's like, you know what?
0: New champ, let's new do champ. that again. And, more and fun. what I
1: said, I think he was, again, assuming he was surprised at my answer. What I said was, okay, if that's what you enjoy about the game, if that's what gets you excited about the game, if that's the way you want to go about your league journey, go for it. I'm happy to help you, guide you on your mastery journey if you want to streamline that process on that particular champion or you know learn things on that particular champion. And I'm here to help you when you move on to the next one. It's totally up to you how you want to go about your league journey. But you've got to be honest with yourself. Not everyone wants to be super hyper-efficient about their climb. Some people do want a champ cycle. They want to spend time learning their secondary wall. They, <clears throat> they, ha- they want to have an inefficient champ pool because it get, brings them great excitement for being a one-trick or a two-trick. So that's my, my, my true cents on this is have that conversation with yourself. Ask yourself what gets you excited about league? Is it the champ mastery? Is it getting to the high ranks? What exactly is it? And then all in on it. Set a goal revolving around that specific
0: element. I think a big one as well that we see people taking breaks and coming back from the game. Let go of your ranks, ranking your past, especially if you've taken a year off, you know. The fun aspect of league is so important. And what we find with a lot of clients is what happens is that. They're attached to their previous rank. Obviously, I have lots of experience myself being, you know, my story of being challenger in season three and then struggling in diamond when I came back to the game after running dials for those years and just being brutal. And I wasn't really having much fun. It was sort of like a necessity trying to get back to that rank. But once I let go of that, it became so much more fun. You know, a way to frame it is you will not have fun if you lack curiosity. And you can
1: only be curious if you... Let go of all your preconceived notions about the game. Whatever you think you know about the game, okay, maybe, maybe you do, but be curious, be open-minded. That's really it. If you are, the moment you lose your curiosity, you, the moment you lose that childlike open-mindedness... Childlike, it's
0: so important. It's over. Yeah,
1: It is absolutely over. And mm. it doesn't matter how good you are. The same thing, this exact little, you know, war between curiosity and being stuck in a particular set of ways can happen to a goal player, it can happen to a diamond player, it can happen to a challenger player. It's the same thing. So, you must remain open-minded, and that is what makes the game fun because what open-mindedness and curiosity is, it it means possibility. It means it means, "Oh, okay, maybe I can do that differently." But if you don't have curiosity or that open-minded mentality, if if something doesn't go th- uh, uh, maybe the way you anticipated it, there is no room for movement. There is no it's like, oh, that's just the way it is. There is no figuring it out. The fun part in league is figuring shit out. It is the whole I'm gonna fuck around and find out. It's that graph. That is what makes league fun. Hmm. Oh, maybe I can use my W differently here. Maybe I don't have to maybe I can actually hold my ability here. Maybe I can actually use fog of war there. Maybe I can actually just trade that objective off. That entire thing, in my opinion, in our opinion, I think that is what makes League so fun? The, the complexity of the game, the nuance, how you want to express yourself on the Rift.
0: Going to your example of that, um, that client that just accepts the reality that they enjoy the game from learning new champ each time. Each time you learn new champ, it's like you're learning the game from scratch again. Mm. It's, that's a really cool it's aspect fun. of League. You- Talking about from the pro aspect as well, just rings a bell because Jono talked about caps a lot in last episode you can tell that guy loves league so mm-hmm. much like the way he talks about the game is so giddy and excited you know like that's part of the reason why he's a legend in europe you know just recently won mm-hmm. again another another title you know it's it's super interesting you bring
1: this up actually um you know i've noticed this i want to just touch on this it's a bit of a tangent but i think it's relevant here we love tangents go just go ahead when you look at elite level of play not in just league in, in a lot of sports. I kind of, I'm going to kind of, kind of, uh, I guess, I guess summer, oh, that's not the right word. I'm going to really simplify it. You get elite competitors that are just so serious. They take it serious. They take it so serious. Yeah. And there is that, you don't know, fun isn't yeah. kind of in that whirlpool there. And they exist. And you can be that hardcore competitor. And that is a particular personality type. But then you also see certain athletes and, and, and very high-level performers evolve. This is never, next level of like, kind of like ascension where you bring it back to your roots and you bring it back to fun. The expression of yourself. Why you played, why you played this sport in the first place. I got linked from a BBC listener a video about Novak Djokovic. And you see earlier on in his career, he's intense. He's not thinking about the fun element of tennis. He's not thinking about, you know, why he's playing the sport. He's just doing it. He's on a mission to win as many Grand Slams as possible. He's a machine. He's angry. He's, he gets really, really frustrated. And you look at his evolution. And, like, obviously, he had some setbacks. He gets injured. He had some serious injuries and things like that. And he was really like he was starting to lose the plot. And what brought him back from 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 um, his interviews and everything, and what he said was, you know, asking myself questions like, do I still love the sport? Powerful. Question. Do I enjoy holding a racket?
0: Mm. Do I
1: still enjoy holding the racket? Mm. And he had to ask himself that question. Do I am I do, am I wanting to if I am going to continue on? Do I even enjoy doing this anymore? Do I have fun playing tennis? Would I play tennis if I wasn't playing? On the main court, for the money. main arena for money, and the answer upon his reflection was, yes, I love this what I love the feeling of a racket in my hand. If I wasn't competing on at Wimbledon, I would be at the public tennis court playing with people. So he had to remind himself and that's what brought him, I think, back to and then then his whole mindset shifted to it is the expression of me on the court all, all, all I care about is, did I go out there? And did I put maximum effort? Did I play the best tennis that I possibly can, regardless of result, regardless of who I'm versing, and where I place? It is about me. It's about me. It's about me having fun on the court. It's about me loving the sport. And I think there's that's not for all athletes, but you do see this with certain athletes where they go to that next level and they 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 bring it back to just the fun. And he's a very even you watch the Australian Open recently when you watch him play and you watch his interviews, he's so free flow. He's in this free flow state of mind where he's able to compete at an extremely high level, but in a, in a very loose, in a borderline childlike way. And it always gets you thinking like, you know, you know, I think that the highest level of expression is when you bring it back to that, that love for the game. And when you really, really love the game and you're really having fun, I feel like that's when you can really achieve insane levels of performance hmm. because there's, n- there's nothing to worry about. It reminds me of the Kenny Werner episode we did. Effortless mastery. When you let go of any idea of the result, when you let go of whatever could, maybe, may am I going to play this note wrong? Am I going to play this song wrong? There's no if. It's just, I'm here. I'm enjoying it. I'm present in the moment. I'm doing what I'm I'm doing what I love. That is I feel like a
0: level of That's the next level. That right. is the next level. That's what effortless mastery That's what
1: effortless mastery is about, yeah. right? And and I think the reason I bring that up is that I think that people think that you have to be
0: super serious and you have to be super intense. You have to be like it, in this we talk about because we talk a lot of this podcast about intensity yeah. and structure and and process yeah. and schedule. Yes. that That exists but both you need both you need the element of of fun and you you do
1: and and i think that you know we have a lot of these like borderline contradictions in the podcast in the podcast right we talk about the intensity process three blocks and you know muting all and doing all this stuff but we also understand and we we also talk about fun but what does fun mean fun really is what do you love about the game why do you play why do you fundamentally play the game and at the end of the day, you played League at the very beginning and you got hooked on it because you enjoy it. Yeah, there was the no game.
0: other reason to no other reason. Yeah.
1: And I think it's healthy to connect with it. I think it's actually super important, especially for the average person playing, right? Let's just ex- exclude the professional for a second. Especially for the average person playing, you've got to know what you love about the game and own that. Mm. Otherwise, you're just going to get burnt out and you're going to be miserable. Like, I, you know, last thing I'll say about this, I, I, I observed this conversation in my midland school and the conversation went something along the lines of, "I, I, I sometimes cry after my games, like lose, like when I lose.
0: I've I've had this before as well, yeah. In my and it's mind. school, yeah, I agreed. And I said, this is not good. There feels like so much weight <laughs> if you're crying after a game, like you've obviously put so much on the outcome, like emotional on the outcome of the game, and like." You know, just let's just relax. You know, it's just you know we you know how we say we have one of our favorite sayings is that every game's the most important but the least important. Mm. You know, look at your journey over thousands of games. Really important to embody that. Otherwise, it sounds like people are like breaking down because that's what I feel like we got to be careful of. I feel like in a way we 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 probably create that for some
1: people in a way, if we're not careful with our messaging, people are going to be so jacked up. So like, Oh my God, I have to follow this process and I have to climb and I have to get results. And you know, like, yeah, there is an element of that. There isn't, there is an element of discipline, but you also got to be having fun. And you also got to be giving yourself a pat on the back. And you also got to be thinking about, you know, you know, just chipping away at your journey. And you know that if you're out there listening to this and you're crying, you're that jacked up that you're crying after a loss. You need to seriously re reevaluate um, your relationship with the game and reevaluate the way you're viewing your wins and losses.
0: Viewing your journey overall as well. I feel like those people have very poor relationship with time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, just relax. You'll be <laughs> Think, I always say you'll be surprised how much you can improve at any skill or anything. I've seen this me with the gym, you know, in six months doing the same thing, you can have insane results. Six months is really
1: not that. Because when you say relax, what you actually mean, Nathan, is relax, don't sweat the short term, think long term.
0: That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. It's not relaxing at the, the exact, it's not being complacent moment. It's just being comfortable. It's like, if I just keep doing this or yeah, it might be ugly. It's a mess, but over the long run, it will slowly, things will start clicking Things will come it's together. belief
1: that's what it really is it's belief that if i do this long enough things will begin to click and there is an element of faith if you haven't had that feeling yet there is an element of just faith that it, time will just fix it, fix it
0: hmm.
1: and that's super important and that's where the relaxation comes from the relaxation comes from that it will fix itself over, over time.
0: time time heals you always hear that saying time heals everything mm-hmm. time fixes all problems a lot of the time yeah Oh well, hopefully, Dalton, that helps you mm. regain your passion with mm. the game. Let's yeah, let's think about why you enjoyed the game in the first place. To sort of summarise that. All right, our next question here comes from uh, Daniel from Hungary. Uh, the yeah, no title here, just Nathan's mailbag question. Dear Nathan and Curtis, I've found the BBC podcast in last year's November. I've been playing League since Season 1, been stuck in Bronze and Silver in early seasons, then a long time in Gold. I peaked Platinum 4 in Season 9, but couldn't hold it and demoted quickly. I played ADC mid-top and support as well. I've been main in Zed, Yasuo, Gangpunk, Irelia, Lucian, Jin, and other AD carries. Overall, I'm a very emotional person, hence a very emotional player. It's very easy for me to get hung up on a bad decision and into the game. Not as in, now it's a lost finisher quickly. I still want to win, but my mental gets overwhelmed with being constantly reminded of my bad decision by my opponent being fed. The game getting more and more difficult. However, your podcast opened my eyes to limit testing. I began to make mental notes of situations, and this gives a lot of confidence. I feel that each death is now a valuable lesson. It's liberating to know that there is no secret source one has to put in the reps and connect bad feelings with one's own actions resulting in a negative outcome, disregarding circumstances. During December, I've hit Emerald 3 with Victor on mid. I was ecstatic. I was able to take control of the lane in almost every game. I felt I have a lot of agency over the game, hyped up. On my recent success, I've decided to go back to my true love gangplank and try my best top lane with, these new, with this newfound mentality. I'm the guy with 600,000 mastery points on GP in your gold lobby. However, my view of the champion is redefined since my victor journey. I'm applying learned concepts like stacking, zoning, resetting optimally and all the good stuff a control mage might make use of. This is a new game. I have some muscle memory of combos. I can moderately time barrels and find my way in skirmishes. But you guys had blown my mind. I've got into reviewing my games too. Nothing crazy. I check out my first, second deaths. Maybe a team fight situation and that's it. Holy shit. During the game, many narratives creep in. Like this champ is so much stronger than mine. This guy's actually a loser. He only got lucky and so on and so on. Now I look at my gameplay and see missing the timing on three consecutive barrels. Damn, enemy just hitting on item power spike, enemy being an item up or taking a too aggressive step in lane or missing a free order or a passive reset, missing a point and click ability. God that, God damn, those hurt so bad. I feel liberated watching myself suck. Sometimes, even in-game, I hear Nathan saying, embrace the suck. It's really me. There are decisions I can improve and get better on all levels of the game. Micro, macro knowledge of spells, interactions, for example. I used to get furious when a Darius killed me, since my Q range is bigger than his E. So how can he possibly pull me? In review, I've noticed that Darius actually continues to move forward. And as I'm in my Q animation, he continues to close the distance and grabs me. Okay, so use Q when he's already... Turning away, boom, matchup feels 10 times better. And sometimes I even get a push going levels one to three. I still lose to him sometimes. I still get pulled in sometimes, but I known that I've got agency and this is on me. At the moment of writing this letter, I'm sitting at plat one. Um, I only GP, play GP. At one point in the season, I've almost demoted back to gold. I've noticed that for me, it takes a couple of games to get into a high intensity mindset. A lot of the time, the first game I suck, the second game is a bit better, but usually on third is my cogs are fully up and running. This is reflected in the level of my play as well. Sometimes I beat a good enemy, uh, top laner with ease, carry my lead into mid game, take every objective and stomp hard. Sometimes I lose an early skill check, lose the all in and the lane snowballs out of control. However, sometimes I get into a flow-like state. I'm not thinking of my plays. I go from gut instinct, make quite mental notes of objectives and continue to stomp games until his good mental is last in my goal is to becoming a consistent player, take control of my mind and get to masters with grand gangplank question. How do you get to this state and how do you maintain it? Is,
1: um, Is he referring to flow state?
0: Yes. So it sounds like his problem is, is that first game, not good second game bit better third game is when cogs are running is this a warm-up problem curtis well a stage four look, issue everyone's
1: different when it comes to this sort of thing I, I will say one of them okay so let's think big picture there are two elements of your play there's the physical and then there's the mental right i guess you could kind of suck let's just let's just uh bunch up emotional into mental right so we've got our mental game we've got our physical game right and, and the way we move our hands and stuff right <clears throat> Some people fail to feel ready with one of them or maybe both of them. Now, in terms of getting your mu- your I guess your mental in the right place and thinking about the game and getting primed and ready to go, what I found is one of the most effective techniques is actually reviewing your past block before you play your next block. Skim over it. Look over your your early land, look over your major pivotal decisions. Because th- what this does, it's not about the learning you get. It's about visualizing. It's a feelings. Oh, yeah, that's what that situation felt like. That warms
0: up automatically, helps you prime your mental stack, kind of ready to go, gets you thinking about the game, gets you feeling the start looking at the game look- and looking specifically at your gameplay. What do you think about looking at your gameplay versus a higher elo? I think looking at your game. gameplay is better. Because it's more... Again, Personal. visualizing the situation, it's like you
1: can feel it though. That's why you feel, feel it. Yeah. You can, when you
0: watch it, you actually feel it. I was in this game. How was I feeling?
1: You might feel stressed in this. Game. Oh, yeah, I felt really stressed here. I felt really in control here. I, really I felt really confident. Just skim over things. Skim over things. See it, feel it, look at it. And even if you do that for a few minutes, that is more than enough to, to get
0: the cogs up and running and then ready, room to go. How about next time you play a really good gangplank game? Save it. Save it. Mm-hmm. Chuck it in a folder. Same best gangplank games. Get go watch that before a block or something like that. That will start getting you like, oh wow, I'm actually really good at the game. It might help you with confidence as well and start again getting into the feel of like that's what it felt like to dominate this opponent. Maybe you can even get it matchup specific as well.
1: I um I had a guy in my program say that something that he's that's really helped him is that as soon as he's in champ selects, as soon as he's identified the matchup, he whips up mid types in that exact same matchup, and while he's in, cha- in the like finishing up the, the champ select and the loading screen, he's quickly skimming over, uh, kind of like on a second monitor, the first the first few levels, even though he might not learn anything. Again, it's about again getting the getting the feel. And I think the success he's had from that is less so from what he's learned about it from the matchup. But again, just the visualization and just, the, again, priming that mental stack, getting in the right mental state. So I think those are two things you can do that are highly pragmatic um, and will definitely help you. Now, when it comes to like the physical element, right? Getting your hands up, warmed up and stuff. You know, that's where things like some people do an ARAM. Some people do a normal game, depending on schedules. I know Tim, the coach in the MLA, he actually plays, uh, I believe he plays a normal game or something. He plays, um, an, or a ranked game on a Smurf or something. Like he does like, he's like really needs t- t- time to warm up. I'm like, all right. And, and when he told me that, I was surprised. Like he actually does a full game before he's block. Um, other people do low dodge game. Right, there's all options. A RAMs, low dodge games, normal games, whatever. These all work. But you need to be honest with yourself again. Where are you on that spectrum? And is it a physical feeling thing or is it a mental mindset thing? Um, so that would be my two biggest pieces of advice for getting switched on, ready to go. As for the flow state, you know, flow state's an interesting one. You know, I think every time we get this question, we answer it through the lens of whatever we've been thinking about recently, Mm. right? Because I feel like we have, uh, you know, we've been very vocal about it. We have like this coaching metas, right? Whatever you've been focusing on, you had your meta recently about holding abilities. And so every question, it's like, come on, are they holding abilities? How can I
0: rely on the holding abilities (laughs) to this question? Right. and and, and, How can I squeeze this in?
1: Right. And like, I think that's, we have our things that we're obsessed about. So before I answer this, how would you answer this question? What does flow state mean to you at the at, at, in its current state now?
0: Well, flow state—I mean, it's it's really tied for me to champ mastery. And when I think about champ mastery, it's I'm aware of every single thing that's going on in the map. This is from a jungle's perspective, obviously. I know exactly where the enemy jungler is. I'm operating with maximum full information. I know exactly what's happening in all three lanes. Because there's so many variables in League, it's so easy. Well, the moment you get thrown off by one thing, then you're, everything goes into chaos because you weren't expecting it and you get thrown off. You know in games where people, you're like, oh, I didn't expect to die there. And then it's not, you're definitely not going to be in flow state at that point, right? I think that sometimes where people get confused as well with flow state, there might just be easy games where there's not a lot of pressure, not a lot of variables on you. Like let's say maybe one person's maybe like checked out and given up a little bit like that. I think flow state in league is incredibly, incredibly difficult to get to and maintain through a course of an entire game. I think you touched on so many amazing things here, Nathan. Holy moly.
1: You're spot on. I think, okay, I want to riff on this. The, the number one, the first thing you said, which I totally agree with. I don't think most people who experience flow state actually experience flow state in a difficult game. I think most people who experience flow set, especially in the lower elo brackets, let's, say, let's just even just say below diamond. Okay, let's just, just straight up say below diamond. For someone experiencing flow set below diamond, you're probably in a game that is very easy. Your champ is very effective into the enemy champions. You've had a great start to the game. Um, the stars have aligned. Or maybe you're just extremely familiar
0: with this particular game. And it's, it's, it's an anomaly. It's an outlier. You're not going to experience this very often. It's And you've just... Because you've built that muscle move, of that specific one game type right. hundreds of times. So you can easily get into flow state in that type of game.
1: Right. It's like... Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right? That's just going to happen. It gives you a taste test of what's to come in the future. But it's not something you can just replicate. No. It's kind of just like it happens, right? And so we just enjoy it, right? Savor the moment. <laughs> Have fun with it. So I think there's that. I think, you know, to truly be able to replicate flow state... You need to have, like you said, very high levels of champ mastery, and you need to have familiarity with the situation of the game state. You need to know, okay, well, what's this game about? Where do I need to be directing my attention? How do I win this game? You need to know. You need to basically be able to anticipate everything, and have, a, or at least have a very clear idea about what you need to be doing and what your job is, and, and have familiarity with the situation and
0: everything that can go wrong things based, you've done it hundreds of times, you know, okay, you don't need I, need, to, I don't you need to, don't to think. think yeah. It's
1: just like, I've been in this, scenario, I know what I got to do. I've been in this scenario so many times. And this is typically like the flow state is only really replicable for, I would say very high level players. Mm. I would totally agree with that. In terms of being replicable, you know, I'm not saying a lower, lower ELO player can't experience flow state, but it's less, less, it's not replicable. So I think there's that. And then I think you're spot on here in that. I don't really believe that one is in flow state for an entire game. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I think you kind of go in and
0: out of it. You might have a good lane phase.
1: Yeah, you might be familiar with a matchup. It's like, okay, I know these trading patterns really well. The jungle's not interacting with us, our lane. I'm in a flow state with my trades. I know exactly. I'm tethering beautifully. I've got a read on this guy. I'm in it. But that might only last three minutes, yeah. two minutes at a time.
0: I think it can really only be in the early game because I feel like, again, it's about variables and under- There's just so... This is what, going back to the thing, my mm. makes League so hard... The amount of variables that increase as the sort of the game goes on. I don't
1: think it can only be in the early game though. I think you can just be super familiar with the game state.
0: So in the mid like, game, let's like say, let's say, let's go do a mid game scenario. You're playing Cassiopeia. You know exactly which side no, to I'll go to. No, I would say
1: like Galio and Vex. I have games where I play Vex and yeah. I am just, I just know. I just, I'm just, I'm not even, I'm just, I just know what I got. To, I know where I got to be. I know who I got to kill. It's so clear to me and I know how to kill them. I'm not okay, I, I, and and I'm in flow state, yeah. and I'm not in yeah, sure. I'm, but but it's interesting because would you say using lull states can be part of flow state? But in a way, I feel like it can be. Yeah, of course. Like you're in this, Absolutely. you're in this state where you're just. You're like, still thinking. You're still thinking. Yeah. You're not, you're not like switched off. But like it's just like you know exactly but what it's, information it's, to it's, look it's at. It's
0: collecting information. You instantly have an answer to it. Yeah. Everything has an answer.
1: Yeah, you, you know, again. I, I've been, in okay, case so you know what we're talking about before, what have you been obsessed with? You, you know, you've been obsessed with your whole haunting abilities thing. I abilities. I've been obsessed with my, my, my three framework thing where it's like your problem is either one of three things. A gathering of information problem, a processing mm-hmm. of information problem, or an execution problem. That's what I'm obsessed about. All my reviews recently, this week, That's have good. been kind That's of exactly. talking love about that. I love that framework. So it's, it just cuts <clears throat> the bullshit. It makes it very clear what the person's problem is, right? When I watch, especially Emerald players you know, the, even if they are gathering all the information, there is a huge lag between the gathering and the processing. It takes so long for them to actually make sense of that information. And that makes it so hard for them to make good quality macro decisions because it's just not feasible. Whereas when I look at a again, ge- I can press tab, and I, I'm in this situation and you, we're the same. We just know exactly what to do. There's no, it's like, it's like one second. Like one and a half seconds, max two seconds. I'm looking at the game. Boom. I know exactly. I know what my job is. I know how to win the game. I know what to do next. I know how we can lose. Boom. That's just, that's just must. That is just experience. That's intensity. That's played. That's playing the game with intention. As well as I think our coaching sessions have helped that.
0: so many things. Experience, chair mastery. Chair
1: mastery. All of it together. And that is what, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand and until you've been in that situation and that's what flow state is i think in a way you you have to be or not that's not what it is sorry that is what is needed to be able to replicate flow, flow state there can't be any lag there you can't sit there and be like hmm how do i win this game that you're out of flow state yeah. you're done
0: you're you're like figuring things out you're
1: trying to figure shit out yeah
0: mm. you're in sort of Flo- learning you're going to te- test a hypothesis
1: yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to have a crack. I'm going to pick something and have a yeah. crack.
0: Which is good. That's what that's what we're doing most of the time. That's how I learned the game. I'm doing that. I'm even doing that in well, Challenger games. I ask you to problem solve games. 100%. You know? I'm like, oh, okay, I got and this again, year, this year.
1: I think the majority of games, we aren't in flow state. Yeah, yeah of course. Major. Absolutely. Like It's 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 uncommon yeah. that I'm in like a crazy flow state. That's when mm. the game is easy. Mm. I still think you're spot on with that. It, it actually is in the games where I have complete clarity and it's just easy. It's an easy game. That's it so that's flow state so
0: yep so to to answer your question
1: don't worry about it He said
0: how do you maintain it you can't you you really can't it's gonna not at your level experience chant mastery just keep learning the game don't worry too much about flow state they'll come they'll come naturally i think all right his next question here was what is your routine to empty the recycle bin and get Mm. into a good mental state for so people that it's don't very know what the recycle bin is, we define it as: you play a block, you play a set of games. Frustrations happen. Let's say it's something you anticipated wanted to work, your teammates didn't go to a dragon or something like that. You start building up maybe some narrative. Some, it starts building up over time, and the recycle bin is something that we need to clear. That so definition? Make, let, yeah,
1: that's you're spot on. Let's give it to make it even clearer. Let's give an example, All right? An example. What's an example, Nathan, of some mental baggage that is filling up your recycle bin?
0: I would say, let's say I go into a game, uh, my bot lane is stacking up a wave nicely, we're looking to go for a dive, and then let's say my support's meant to tank, they don't tank, and then we've mis-executed the dive and now have to go through that entire game, thinking that the game would have been completely different if we just executed this quite simple dive that should have happened quite simply. That would maybe start snowballing to my next game. Let's say the next game, mm. like that game, should like was should have been a free win, like really quick fifteen minute game. Then the next game is a slug brutal fest. So I got the mental baggage from that last game, and then bam, and then I lose the next game. So now I'm zero two on my block, and then that's 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 a really quite a full recycle bin. And then the next game's just like a, just an average game. Maybe it's because it's a really messy game or whatever.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll give an example from my recent game where I know hype, like for a fact, that a younger version of myself or someone else in my program would have had mental baggage from. Mm. I was playing Echo, and I'm in a really good position. We're heading to the fight. It looks like I'm in a beautiful position. I've got my Poppy jungle on my team. The enemy AD carry is just walking right against the ledge. It's like the perfect stun angle for Poppy. I can get a clean one shot. All I'm thinking about is what the hell free kill, right? (laughs) And then Poppy DCs
0: and just runs straight past. And
1: then in the moment I start to jam up. Yeah. Because I'm like,
0: what what should have happened?
1: Because my mind is, i was so confused. I'm like, what? What, what? What do you see? And then I just walked past and Bobby's just sitting in the middle of the dragon pit. Yeah. And like, we lost the fight and we lost the game off that wow. because I was the one, I died then. Yeah. We lost the fight and then, you know, had two losing sides. That game was on me. And so the way, and again, now let's now talk about how do you reconcile that, right? Well, for me, it's more like, I guess shit happens. I, it really is. Like, my mentality is shit happens. It's unlucky, it's not happening every game. There's no point overemphasizing it. Um, so again, is, this, is this let's say right between taking
0: long term dealing with the in game and out of game.
1: Well, in game, okay, great question.
0: So it, for me, in game would be, okay, what's the next best decision to make? Take it decision by decision, specific moment, specific moment. What do I think the next best decision is? I think that helps. Distract
1: a lot. yourself with the game. What do I do next? There's information there. Let's do something with it. Yeah, that's it. Gather information, try and process it. Are we going to contest the next objective? Yes or no? What's the lane assignment? Where do I need to be? What's my next item? Who am I playing around?
0: What's the win condition? These sorts of questions. Out again. What would you say, Nathan? Well, it's like this is part of our three block. Stepping away from the computer, really important. You know what the best cure to uh, removing the recycle bin is starting a new day. Just wait a bit for the next day, right? It might just be it for your day for that. I think that helps a lot. Uh that's all I got really. I think those are the two main ones that's gonna help. I think that definitely works. I, I, I again for me, I like just
1: I think long term, you gotta think long term. Like this is just one game. It shit happens, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen every game and it hasn't happened in a very long time. Um who knows what was going on in his life, who knows, maybe he had bad internet, I feel you know. It, be a little bit empath- empath- empathic and, you know, it's kind of like, again, really just shit happens and and not taking things personally. You know, I think it's a, it's one game. It's a little bit annoying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pretending that I'm not pissed. I'm not pretending that I'm not frustrated. You're not
0: pushing down. No, the I'm emotions. owning
1: it. Okay. I'm a bit frustrated. Okay. That happened. All right. Was there anything I could have done here? Eh. All right. Don't worry about it. Let go. Shit happens, think long term, it's just one game. What can I learn from this game? Boom. That's it.
0: Done. That's really it. Great questions. Mr. Daniel from Hungary. All right, our next question here is from Kay's Cat. The title of this email is What is the Gym for League of Legends? Hello, my name is Kayscat, loving your show. And after watching an episode where you spoke about high win rates being unsustainable over a large sample size compared to UFC, I started thinking, what are the alternate... Alternative ways to train for league before going to actual ranked games. As I feel most players train in ranked and unlike FPS games where you can use aim trainer to improve and practice the fundamentals of the game. I haven't found ways to improve mechanics outside of league where I could raise my skill level. If you have tips or routines to practice would be greatly appreciated. Keep up the good work, uh, making league fun to learn. I want to, um,
1: refer, I want to reference a movie. Yeah, we love movies, Curtis. We do love movies. On the plane to China, I watched King Richard. Oh, okay. Right. So, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about the story of Serena and Venus Williams and and their father who trained them, coached them to become champions. And there's a scene that really stuck out to me. And there's a scene in the in the movie where. Um, you know, the 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 two girls that they, they're training, you know, they're trying to and especially I think it was Venus Williams was really quite good. And Venus wanted to compete in the in the competitions. And um, you know, I think it was called I don't know if it was Nationals or something, you know, Venus Williams wanted to compete. And the coaches, the other coaches that were there saying, she's gotta compete. She's she's gotta go out there and she's gotta play competitions because that's how you get better. That's how all the best players have gotten better. That's how... No one has become a champion. No one gets better without actually just playing competitions. You know, and the dad was quite stubborn. You know, and the dad wasn't, you know, know, long story short, just didn't really want Venus playing in competitions yet, wanted her to focus on school, whatever. My point that I'm trying to make here is that what the coach said rings true for league as well, in which case you can't get better at league unless you play, quote-unquote, competitions, which is ranked. It is the only way to get better at League of Legends is to play at a competitive level versus players at your level, if not slightly better than your level. And that is what the rank system does. The rank system, the rank ladder, is the equivalent of playing competitions. And that is, unfortunately, specifically in League, because we have no drills, the only way to get better. Now, finally, I think about about this. Tennis is a sport where there's a shit ton of drills, that, that's all she did. That is all Venus Williams did was basically drill and I think play some casual games with her sister, right? Imagine that even in a sport like tennis, they were still, still, yeah. they were still they still saying you got to play competition. Mm-hmm. That's how important competing against other people at your level is. Even in tennis, even in a, in a sport that you can drill. And imagine a league, we don't have that. That's, and so just to really put it in perspective, that, is how important ranked solo queue is for improvement. The only
0: gym for, for league is solo queue. Because the way, even you might be saying, like, is ARAM a good way to practice? Like, you've the way that league works, like the game flow, the early game, the mid game, the variables, the strength, the items, you have to experience the real competitive, the game. Like, has like Rift ranked is the game. And you have to get those reps in. It's, it's, it's not like, um, you know, even looking at mechanics. Like, yeah, you can look at mechanics, but the mechanics differ based on how strong am I at this stage of the game? How strong are they? You can, you, you can obviously win games by not even really being that mechanically talented, but just having really good decision-making. You can learn that aspect of the game. And you can only learn about that by going through the specific sequence flow of a League of Legends Summoner's Rift ranked game. That's it. That's what it's all about. Because the variables in League of Legends, Curtis, there is you can't replicate that anywhere else. Think about that. You've got to worry about five people's items, their levels, what they're doing, where's my team, who's base in. Like These are all the foundation, fundamental things There's of the There's only
1: game. very basic things that you can drill in leagues. I've got a series of drills in my MLS program, like how to last in on tower, camera CS control. and camera control, things like that. But these are very, you know very basic fundamental elements like most people who play the game learn them you know you don't have to do that for very long if you really want to progress in league you got to put yourself in a lot of situations a lot of chaotic situations a lot of different game paces versus different calibers of players mechanically that's it there's no no two ways about it
0: like ranked games it's like you have to view ranked games they are the gym yeah but they're also the competition it's just, just the way it is it's that's the brutal
1: nature of league. Yeah, that's it. It's the brutal nature of league. One of, one of the many
0: reasons why league is a such a brutal game. I mean, if you really think about the gym and preparing yourself outside a game, that would be things like sleep, diet, exercise. Like, if you want to like re- break it down mm. a little bit further. What do you think about that? Like, because you want to be sharp mentally. You're right, training your yeah. brain. That's the gym.
1: Yeah, the preparation, the gym is, yeah, it's everything else. It's, are you coming in? Well, it's even mindset. Are you coming with the right mindset? Men- Mentality-wise, you coming with intensity, sleep, energy levels, um, you know, all that stuff. You're spot on,
0: which is a bit weird to think about, but it's the closest. Kind yeah, because of- that's not like actually doing the thing, the craft. No, But it's everything outside of the game yeah all right next question here comes from uh kyle title this email is skill ceiling champion mastery on champs above your skill level hey nathan and curtis my name is kyle and i hail from the united states of north america for a little background, I've been playing league since 2014 and played almost exclusively normal games up until last year where I only played about 20 to 30 games before the season ended. I've mained every role over that 10-year period and have mastered five on almost every champion in the game. This year, a buddy of mine recommended your guys' podcast and I've been working on the concepts you guys talk about. I've already played around 50 games of ranked this year and have been working on actually getting better at the game and at my favorite champions. I'm currently stuck in gold. Odd for a 10 year player but I'm fine with that for now. Regardless, I am mostly a top lane main with a little jungle sprinkled in when I'm filled or whatever. My two favorites being Tom Kench and Na. So that aside, getting to my question. I've heard you guys talk many times about sticking to champions you like playing and working on mastering them. But I've also heard that you really shouldn't overwhelm yourself with hard mechanical champions either, especially for a gold player. The issue with these contradictions for me is I really like champs like Azir and Aatrox. Taking Azir for example here, I think he's one of the coolest champ designs in the game. He's extremely unique and I really enjoy the way he feels, even if I'm not playing him all that well. But obviously, he's known for being one of the hardest champs in the game as well. And I know, Curtis, you've explicitly recommended some of your students not to pick him up. So what do I do here? I, of course, still love playing, say, Tom Kench, but I do find some of my games, his limitations, frustrating in the sense of he has only one movement ability and it is very linear in the sense that good players can outplay it easier. Likewise, being a juggernaut in late game, while exceptionally useful... He's not the carrier of the game typically. And those tank shredding ADCs can rip you apart if the game lasts long enough. So you have to be clever about using them to their fullest potential. I also think there's something to be said about that grind to learn a more mechanically difficult champion such as Azir. Any feedback and suggestions are greatly appreciated. I just want to say uh, I've been really enjoying the podcast. I want to start with this one here, Curtis. Sure. So when people think about the idea of Hard champ mechanically, easy champ mechanically. The mechanics of the game is just one aspect of the game. You playing Tom Kench or a really easy champ like Malzahar. You know, there's there's levels to the game in terms of outside of your champion. Awareness. How do I play how do I how do I how do I maximize the simplicity of my kit in this game? You know, I, I played um You know, I'm known for playing Rek'Sai, right? Rek'Sai has been my main for many years, gotten to challenge with Rek'Sai. And Rek'Sai is quite simple champion mechanically. But in terms of winning games with Rek'Sai, that is the the challenge, the hard part, the skill level. I'm playing, I'm using Rek'Sai as a vehicle to allow me to play League of Legends and to win games League of Legends. So when I see him sort of saying here, like he's not the carry and stuff like that, you can be a carry in ways of doing your job exceptionally well with the easy to execute mechanical champions see where i'm getting that way there Curtis? yeah it's a, it's a mindset shift
1: well because i think it's clearer right when you're playing a carry it's very clear it's ideal damage i kill shit therefore i know how to win the game when you're playing a champion like tom the way you be impactful is probably a little bit different in terms of you know impacting the map or the game overall i I definitely see where you're coming from and i i I see this you know in my program all the time people are thinking yeah they think a champion is boring just because they have no limited skill expression mechanically yet they're just scraping the surface in terms of what the champ's capable of
0: scraping the surface because again it's a funny thing with the contradiction as well we talk about how important champ mastery is Mm. But again, people sometimes forget what we're talking about. You're only thinking mechanically. Mechanically. It's like, we're talking about how do I win the game? When am I strong? When am I weak? What's, what champs am I good against? But, but, what but what I will I bounce back on do? this
1: because you look at their gameplay and they're still yeah, not scraping. that's right. Like, yes. I look at Malzahar plays and stuff and yeah, I'm like, that's well, we're still not... Like, I, I get that all the time. It's like... You know, oh, I'm struck and I'm feeling. I'm not feeling impactful, and the f- champ feels boring. You look at it, and they're like, they're barely scraping the surface in terms of what's capable of the champ mechanically. It's just because they don't know what they don't know, but they're not even open minded to the idea that they might be missing out on something. You know, it's interesting because, like, you know, you get people with my program uh, playing Galio, for example, struggling with. The, oh, I feel like the champ's so limited. There's not much I can do. Guess what? Rank one player in EU right now is a Galio OTP. Okay, let, let's let that sink in that a How is that possible? How is that remotely possible? Mm. Rank one, one of the best solo cube ladders in the world. Thousands OTP. Of yeah. <laughs> Galio. And you're struggling in silver with Galio. Okay, let's just do the mental math here. There is, to put that, if you're losing games in silver, just let that sink in. How much is humanly possible with that champion? It's mind-boggling. You can't even fucking. You can't even like remotely. It's just ginormous, <laughs> you know. So have a little bit of respect for the difficulty of the game. Have a little bit of respect for the complexity of the game. Just because it's not immediately obvious to you right now, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Hmm. So that's. I, I totally agree with that. You're spot on there. What I will say is that when I'm, th- you know, when I hear about Azir, by the way. I don't think Azir is mechanically the, the, the mechanics of Azir is not the complex complex part about Azir. It's the reference points. It's the winning the game as Azir. When I think about you know complex champions, mechanics is only half of the equation. Azir is yeah, not the easiest mechanically. Definitely not easy. But not the hardest. What makes Azir difficult is the big picture. How do you win a game as Azir? You gotta find. You gotta have that. You gotta find when to go in. How do you know when to stand your ground versus engage? How do you know how to use your R positioning, holding your Q, placing your soldiers down? How do I know when to go in with maybe with my WQ or maybe just place the soldiers down and hold an order then Q? You know, it's all that stuff. It's the complexity of your skirmishing and the reference points. It's the big picture. So I think that, uh, again, people are thinking about champ difficulty only mechanically. They're not thinking about champ reference points. The third layer here that I want to talk about is, you know, you you can't hate the champion you're playing. You've got to compromise, right? Let's say on one end of the scale, you have Azir. And on the other end of the scale, you have Tom. There are a myriad of champions in between that maybe aren't as complex as Azir, but not as maybe linear as Tarm, you know, we've got other things in there. You've got other bruises that can maybe deal damage. You've got Olaf, you've got Garen, right? You've got, um, you've even got things like, you know, even Aatrox. Aatrox isn't like a, it's not an Azir, right? But it's not a Tarm. It's definitely maybe, you know, not easy, but it's not, not an Azir. Um, so my point being is that you got to, you got to be honest with yourself. You cannot hate your champion, but you don't need to love it at when you're a beginner i want to preface by when you're a beginner i you know this is something that i'm just so passionate about because it i want to pull my hair out sometimes in my program when when people refu- you know people just make their journey so much harder they do and but they but 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 again i don't th- i'm not doing a good job of getting across how hard it is mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm missing words in the dictionary, in my vocabulary, to get across how difficult they're making their journey. Like, like you know, having like a Zoe person in my program and, you know, or someone meaning playing LeBlanc or something and it's like... It is just... You're making your gaming life miserable. You're at least miserable. You are going to hate that champ. You're going to be so confused. So confused. You can't confused. review your games. There's too many options. It's 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 really hard to get across. It's really hard to get across because they think just because they're doing damage that they are okay. Mm. They think just because they can get a kill here and there that they're doing okay, but it's not even... remote. Like, the amount of work that they could be doing on another champ, it's like... I just I just can't describe it. I'm just an idiot. I just don't have yeah.
0: the. I'm not a, I'm not a good enough teacher yet to get that across. I'm the same. You talk about the idea of um, you can't. You're not going to love love a champion like. Or guess what? 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 If, what do people define love in a champion? Because what people want, what they want, is they want a champion that they feel like can do everything. Or or maybe, they play a champion a lot. They see clear weaknesses in it, and then they. Play, okay well this champion solves that mm. weakness so then mm. I can go to that it's like the grass is the on the other side mm. and then suddenly they have another weakness like an analogy is like you know, you know how parents always love their children but your children have some flaws mm. you know mm. what I mean but you still love them mm. I think that's uh, important to understand with how League works because every champion has strengths and weaknesses
1: yeah and I, I think there okay look I think there are different subcategories here I think there are people that love the idea of a champion or a type of champion and then like you, and, and yeah, there is an element of maybe the grass is greener on the other side. But I do think there are people that love a champion just because of the aesthetics of it, the feel of it. And I do understand that. I, I totally understand that. That's true. But it's like, if you actually really love that champion, it's kind of like, okay, you don't bet your kid's analogy, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you really love your kid, you will, you will let them go. Some, like, especially when you will let them go do things without you because you know that's good for their development. In League, if you really love your champion and you're a beginner, you actually let it go to come... If you love it that much, to revisit in the future because you're going to be better off. You're
0: going to have a healthier relationship with that champion later on in the future. Oh, that's a good... Yeah, I like that. Let's talk about champs-like and stuff like that to sort of get rid of... Sometimes you get bogged down playing the same champion. You have this very narrow view of the game, refreshing it up, playing another champion, then revisit. And but But also not to mention, like, you know, revisiting a champion when you're Platinum 2...
1: You know, say you're a silver two. Say, say you're a silver two player, and you love um, Katarina. Or you love Yasuo. It's like, okay, I get that, and I'm not discrediting that. If you love that champ that much, you you love that champ so much, you, you you play the game because of that champion. I promise you, you'll have a much better time in the long run, and you'll be better at that champion if you just played instead Echo, maybe, or another one of these assassins in the program, and then pick it up when you're platinum two. I promise you, you'll have a better time long in the long run. I agree. And absolutely. you'll be better at that champion. That's right. And that's the mind boggling thing. Mm. You'll be better at that champion.
0: It's complicated, isn't it? It is it's complicated. Like it's, full of, it's like you're having a full relationship. It with is. Candy. It's emotional.
1: It's again, like yeah. the kids. It's, it's again, <clears throat> there's something there about the kids. It's like, you know, you do have to, you can't be one of those helicopter parents in a way. You can't mm. be there for every <laughs> single little thing they do. They, they are going to have to go off and do things without you, but that's for their own good you know it's like you have to let go but because you love them so much you have to let go there's something about that or it's like you're in a, one of those toxic relationships where you, it's like you love someone so much but you know you're not good for them or the situation's not good so you got to let them go something like that maybe there's something there you know it's very emotional sounds ridiculous when you think about it but it is it's the truth.
0: we're really good with our analogies Curtis <clears throat> we're getting there another one added to the repertoire <laughs> Your, your champion is your child. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Next one here. How many more are we going to do here? We'll probably do... Maybe we'll do two more, Curtis. How does that okay. sound? We'll see how we go. Maybe there's a short one here. All right. This one here is from Invern. Uh, title this one is How to Fix Non-Decision Mistakes. Hi, Nathan and Curtis. After peaking 300 LP Masters last season, I'm attempting to follow the process to see if I can hit reach Grand Masters. However, despite reviewing all losses and some wins, focusing on my own mistakes only, taking notes and following the three-block schedule, I'm hitting a war. How do I fix mistakes that are not conscious decisions, but rather results of mental stack overload, causing lapse in judgment? My major three are, number one, taking outnumbered fights or numbers disadvantage fights, getting picked due to forgetting about off-screen threats, champs like Zach, Nunu, Evelyn, and number three, poor ability usage due to lack of threat evaluation. However, after 130 games so far this season with a 50% win rate, I'm still making these same mistakes every single game. Even if I don't focus on LP, it's frustrating that my brain is seemingly not even learning either despite following the process what to do let's get his OPGG. Well, I've got some goodness. really good stuff here yo. okay do you want to look okay. at his OPG or not uh, I, don't, I don't really need, uh, it, don't need I already, it I already got it alright we got it
1: so in league you need to when especially when you're versing you are starting to get master
0: plus this is a hard zone <laughs> It's a hard zone. Definitely yeah, a hard zone. It's the top part of the play base. You're looking at one percenters. You're
1: looking at one percenters. Definitely. Um, you need to be able to really understand the game from other people's perspectives. So I'm going to I'm gonna riff on two things here. There's two very pragmatic things that I would do if I were in your shoes. Number one, when you are looking at your deaths and you're looking at these key pivotal moments, you need to look at the game through the enemy's lens. If you die to that nocturnal Zach, if I was the Zack, why would I do that? I want you to understand it so well that there is not even a sliver of doubt that if you were the Zack, that you would make
0: the exact same play. It should be incredibly obvious. It's like, well, that was the I was the only person yep. on the map for me to be killed. I'm literally hitting in a tower near a wall. As that's the only way Zach could possibly win the game? It's actually quite simple when you break it down. You need to, but you need to really understand it from their perspective because. We get in this rut of looking at the
1: game through your lens. Me, me, me. Why did I die? Oh, I should have just not been here. I should have just done this. Me, me, me. Okay, but look at it from their perspective. Why did they do that? What are the signs that they would do that? What, what is that champ's identity? What is that champ's obje- objective? What is that champ trying to get done? The more you understand the champs you're versing, the better your anticipation is going to be. That's also why when you verse champions that you've mained previously in the past, you can read them like a book. It's all anticipation. It's like, well, no shit, I, I played that champ. I know exactly what they're gonna do. It's easy, but you got to get like that with every. Like, believe it or not, it, like a challenger level, you got to know that for every champ.
0: Yes, that's the reality. That's just the
1: reality. Yeah. There is, there should be nothing that catches you off guard. So that's one thing, and that is a continuous, long-term skill that you develop time and time and time again through painful experience review, painful experience review, looking at it from their perspective again and again and again, trusting that time will pay dividends and work and, and, and bolster up your intuition and muscle memory. That's a fact and that will
0: work because we've done it. That's the master in the craft aspect of League of Legends. Remember, getting Challenge, you're basically professional level at League of yes, Legends. Yes, and it is going to take way more than 130 games. It's going to take hundreds and yeah. years. You know, look at quick ladies OPGG this season. He's played 160 games. If we go up, what's, how many seasons has he been a master?
1: he have been a master for one split. Just, that one just understanding split. your journey. I mean, he's just Grandmaster started. Grandmaster is, a... is a,
0: that's like a year plus goal. You know, this is brutal.
1: It's going to go, usually what I tell people when people ask me, I say, you're going to spend a year in master and then the next year you'll probably get to like GM and then you might get high GM if you're really good. And then the third year you might get like chow. Like that's for the average person. Yep. So it's going to take a long time. You might be different, special. I I don't know. Maybe things get lucky. Your your champ gets in the meta, whatever. Stars align. But more often than not, that's going
0: to be the play. I just want to quickly talk about from a jungles perspective, from my coaching experience. Mm. I've found you get more results as a jungler, or the most important thing is actually understanding what the four people on your team want to do more than the enemy. The enemy is incredibly important, but if you know your team's item spikes, their bases, who to hover in the side lane, what your win condition is. That's going to get you way further in the jungle. I don't know if you've had the same experience with mid. Mids maybe be a bit mm. different because it's, it is more with enemy because there's threat on you because yeah. you are, Everyone's you trying to, to You are the key target. You ever, but as a jungle, you're just like this, you know. Yeah. This, People aren't targeting you as yeah. much because
1: you're not on the map per se. You're not in the lane. That's my yeah. observation from jungle. Anyway. It's a different mindset. All
0: oh, right, well, you going to second point. Um,
1: the second point, you got to be, okay, I use this metaphor. This is the analogy I use, the metaphor. The best League of Legends in the world is this. Imagine you're reading a book, page one, okay, page two, page three, keep going, keep going. You don't put down the book at page 15 and then pick it up again and start reading at page 25. Because if you do that, what's going to happen? You've lost the plot. You don't know what's going on. You've missed what's happening with the characters. You've lo- you don't know what, where you are anymore. You're confused. In league, what people do, and what I see, they might use one law state. They might have a pretty good idea of a game set at one stage of the game, but then they get sloppy. They they don't recalibrate. They don't look at the game set again. And so the equivalent of what they're doing is that they're picking up a book, they're reading to page five, putting it down, pick it up at page ten. I'm like, well, how the hell are you going to make a good quality decision? How are you going to be able to anticipate what's going to happen if you don't even know what the fuck has happened for the past two minutes? Every single moment and minute in the game, you should have a, a pretty clear idea about the direction of the game, especially post nine, 10 minutes. Ten minutes.
0: That's when the game's getting Post fast. 10 minutes, that's yeah. when
1: it's quick. so. So you need to be really important. Okay. And, and what I mean by this, there's basically four things you should be always aware of. What's the next neutral objective? Who are the key threats onto you, especially as a mid laner? Who can kill you? Who's strong and weak in the game? And where the fuck is your team? That's it. If you can be aware of those four things, basically, as much as humanly possible,
0: you are going to make way better quality decisions. That's mid-game fundamentals right there. Mid-lane course done. That's all. That's really all. That's you, mid-game. Yeah. And but, but you'd be surprised, you
1: know, and, and why you're getting caught off guard by things because you probably haven't read the map state enough. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be getting caught off guard by something if you're reading the, the
0: you're, you're you're using your low states well. This is going back to the flow state conversation. Flow state is you're never getting caught, caught off guard in yeah. anything. That's what getting that level and, is as and, a challenge. And you know how I was talking about the thing that I'm
1: obsessed with, which is the three stages thing, right? The gathering of information problem, processing of information problem, and execution problem, right? So let's say you did use your low states. You've been fucking on point. You like know everything. You're aware. So you can you know for a fact that it's not a gathering of information problem. Okay. It's probably then, likely, a processing of information problem. You had all the information in the world, you know everything, but you still died? You know what then the problem is? That means there's something about the game you don't understand. You're you're plateaued, you're cat. You don't understand this situation enough. You're in a puzzle, there's a puzzle here, you don't know the solution. And that's where the learning is. That is beautiful. Learning right there But you can only get To that learning Is if you've been honest With yourself And you've used the lol states If you've missed information Yeah the learning's just there. Yeah, there's no learning There's it's not just much the reality. Yeah not That's why learning. you've
0: always Got to be thinking That's why there's There's no downtime At all in league That's the speed The intensity of the game So you should be sweating After a game mm. Mentally at least <laughs> Because you have to be testing hypotheses all the time. Yeah. Okay, this is what I thought the mid-game win condition was here. This is what I thought that I was stronger on this item based on these items or something. Like you have to be constantly be asking questions in the game. Otherwise, there is zero learning. It's like, all right, well, let's just go on to the next game. Hopefully, things are different. That's it. And the more intention you can play with, the better quality your learnings are going to be. You like, a, you're like a, You know the, the science? What's the science thing? You have like a, the introduction... Like the, a, the hypothesis and the methodology and the methodology and the and conclusion, conclusion you know yeah like you're, it's sort of what you're doing you <laughs> yeah. should be writing a report for every t- five second decision making you know what I mean maybe yeah. not five seconds but every at least 30 seconds you know it's like could we contest this dragon I thought so but we couldn't so what's the conclusion I want you to we could write we
1: could write like a, a report for yeah. every decision we yeah. make we actually could I should yeah i literally write a report <laughs> that as a, like a funny little thing one that's day. cool
0: that's actually cool. We're onto something there. And I want to see those reports mailed to me and I'll grade them. Yeah. And then you see, but you would be able to see where they're missing. You know, yeah. what's
1: missing there. Yeah.
0: 100%. Your methodology is wrong here. You yeah. had the right idea. You just stuffed up the information. Or you
1: condition. had the information you didn't. Yeah. You didn't know what to do with that information. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. I, that's a common problem I always have with junglers is that they know the win condition. But they're not they don't really understand how to play specifically around around this wave right. or you know, and that these could be the execution spikes, then right yeah. so you
1: might you might actually have all the information you might even have the correct idea you might process it correctly so you know exactly what you got to do but you just fuck it up at the end right like <laughs> time back to the science experiment it's like all you got to do is put this liquid in this beaker and you just fucking miss the beaker <laughs> <your shape> <laughs> And you just put it on the floor or something. It's like that's it. It's done. The yeah. experiment's over.
0: You're doing like some autopsy, and you're like you you meant to like you do it. It's about the heart, and you yeah. actually put the scalpel too far, and you stab the yeah. heart. You yeah,
1: know? game over. That's it. The execution. That's the execution problem.
0: <laughs> All right. Some more analogies for you guys. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more here. Alright, let's do this one here from Mark The title of this email is From Stage 4 to Stage Fun It's a very cool title Stage 4 issues being the big ones we need to solve first in our BBC pyramid Uh, My name is Mark or my tag Ancient Path I just want to share my story and the impact of the work you guys do with this podcast I played league from seasons one to four stopped for seven years after only ever achieving gold as my peak. That's like putting the book down mm. for a long time. Cause mm. you know, you, you talk about the game, the page analogy, but it's mm. a long time. He's read 30 pa- page 30. You know, he's going to read, He's got to start yeah. the book again. You know, yeah. uh, I picked league back up at the end of season 12 in season 12. I got silver and stayed in silver until the end of season 13 where I peaked at gold one. However, because of stage four issues, some some tragic and some very normal life circumstances, League was an escape for me rather than a medium for learning. I found Coach Curtis in the BBC podcast and convinced myself that I wanted the improvement mindset. But with my stage four issues, it was like learning to ride a bike with no tires. I viewed my rank as a result of who I am as a person and every ranked game defined me and every loss proved to me I was incapable of improvement in life. Wow, how well was that sentence said? That is stage four issues like, bam, right there. There's so much that is going to be negative based on, yeah, that. Kool-Aid is really honest with himself. Mm. That's good self-awareness there. Only results mattered. This caused me to fail my plat promo seven times and continually fluctuate from gold one to silver two for season 12. I even believed I was hard stuck at a gold level in league of legends and incapable of any growth, but even deeper, I believed I was incapable in life as well. Uh, Alidos even offered help me in my climb and I told him it's impossible for me to learn. I would spam FF as many times as I could and mentally give up at any inconvenience. My last review with Coach didn't even go past the first three (laughs) minion ways before discussing stage four issues. I talked with Coach and ended up taking a break from League Due to realizing how deep my problems ran. It was crazy that I couldn't enjoy gaming. But through the podcast, I realized I... I realized League had only ever been an escape from the situation I was in, both when I first started years ago and now, so I wanted to change what was in my control. During my break, I changed jobs. We moved and even got into hobbies such as hiking and camping. My my wife helps me to focus on improving and supported me along throughout some difficult decisions. I focused on changing my life circumstances and removed myself from toxic situations involving others. All because, through League, I saw how deeply I was being impacted. I started back um, in January and picked up Cassidy, a champ whose identity is contrary to every way how to I used to play League of Legends. Many of my stage 4 issues have been resolved, and I have found confidence in my champ's identity. I'm able to move on to stage 3, 2, and even 1 issues. I don't spam FF if the games are going poorly, My teammates dying doesn't impact me like it used to, and I know I'm not defined by my rank. Rather, my improvement is shown by my gameplay expression. I have never had this much fun in League, nor have I learned this much from playing and reviewing. Learning to be comfortable with who I am and confident in my ability to learn has made me love League and look forward to playing. My focus isn't on my rank anymore, but I just got Emerald, which hasn't felt real it's like i had to give up focusing on rank to actually climb in rank i've heard stories of people on the on the podcast and you guys talk about the importance of stage four issues but it wasn't until i personally experienced it i was able to see just how important they are it's like my bike has wheels again i'm grateful for the podcast and what you guys do thanks and sorry for the long email
1: that is absolutely amazing
0: incredible It's fucking amazing. Like I said in the Jono podcast that Patrick, this is the power of the game. What you learn from League, this experience applies to other things in life. Basically what he's done is he's realized through League, all his toxic narratives, thinking it's pure fixed mindset. And then he's addressed that in his real life. Isn't that incredible? It's overwhelming. Because League is a challenge. Anything that is a challenge, it doesn't have to be League, it can be anything. When you put yourself in a challenging situation, you learn so much about yourself. That's why you have to challenge yourself as a human and that, being.
1: I think what league does a really great job of this is that you're alone. Oh, that, yes. No, no
0: one is covering your ass. I always just look at David Goggins there, dude. David
1: no one Goggins is going. No one can help you. No, it's only you. Mm. And I think that's why. That's why. It, that's why it's such a beautiful medium for fixing your shit. It's like going for a run. Going for a run. That's why David Goggins runs running, right? It's yeah. like because it's
0: you. It's purely it's you. pure pain. It's you. Battling your demons.
1: It's all up here. It's the same as like, it's only
0: you. And hmm. that's why we say as well, why it's so important that your journey is personal. You don't duo you all that. It's, it's a personal journey of growth. You know what we got to do, man? We got to get a printer. We got to start printing hmm. these amazing emails
1: out. We should like stick them somewhere or like or like have a folder here or something so we can like reread them you know one day.
0: We can reference them. Yeah,
1: like this is just amazing shit, man.
0: This is uh um Mark uh stage 4 to stage fun. I think it's just incredible. All right, well great way to end this podcast yeah. then, Curtis. It's yeah. always good to see you Thank you people. so much for writing that in. Love to hear that, Mark. Thank you very much for that. All right, that's it for today's episode.